This is the Big Pond. I always just wanted to come study in Germany. Welcome to Frankfurt. I've always loved the language. I've always been very interested in the history. I've been in Berlin living and studying for three years now. Everything you could imagine exists here. You don't even have to do anything necessarily to, to be amongst this sort of pulsating life. The art library is here where I do a lot of research. All around the corner is the Philharmonie, the Berlin Philharmonic, which is like one of the best orchestras in the world. Hannah Schneider, Garrett Widener, Alex Truesdale, and Su Jin Shen. Four young Americans drawn to different aspects of German culture, but sharing the common goal of getting an education. That's something more and more U.S. students are doing, and in this podcast, we'll find out why. I'm Meg Moritz, a journalist and educator based in Boulder, Colorado. And before we meet those students and hear their stories, some background on just why more and more Americans are studying in Germany. Good morning to all. This is the largest registration we've ever had for the Open Doors press conference. Open Doors tracks international student mobility, who comes to the U.S. to study and where Americans go when they study abroad. Increasingly, they're going to Germany, now a top five destination for American students. Rajika Bandari is a research director for the Open Doors Report. Many countries are now in the game of trying to recruit and attract large numbers of international students, and many of them have set out very ambitious uh, targets. Germany, some years ago, declared a recruitment target of attracting 350,000 international students by 2020, while just last year they declared that they had already exceeded that target. And I should say, it's not just American students, but actually we are seeing that international students from around the world are being drawn to Germany. For one thing, higher education in Germany is free. There's no tuition. In addition, more and more courses are offered in English. Financially and economically, it's offering a tremendous value to American students, especially when you compare the very high and continuously escalating cost of a U.S. higher education credential. And now, in fact, there are entire master's level programs that are taught entirely in English. So what does it take for an American student to get into a German university, and what happens once they do? I went to Germany hoping to find out. In Karlsruhe, I met Hannah Schneider at her Sunday roller derby practice with the Karlsruhe Rock and Rollers. Hannah's paternal grandparents came to the U.S. from this part of Germany. Her first trip here was at age nine. In high school, she took German language classes. And passed a proficiency test. Now, she's in Germany on a traditional undergraduate study abroad exchange. I grew up listening to my Oma's stories and, you know, every year um, on Christmas we would do the German Christmas, so we'd have a Fleischbach, so just a bunch of meats and cheeses and breads, and she decorated her house every Christmas with all the German Christmas decorations, she made her German cookies. Uh, my favorite food when I was a kid was Moltaschen, which is a southern German, like, specialty. And just 
I've always been a fan of Germany altogether. Ever since I was a kid, I always rooted for Germany in the World Cup. I was like, go Germany. I think the first trip really was what got me interested in Germany, but I've always had the interest in Germany as a whole because of my family background. While she's studying here, her counterpart is at the University of Northern Colorado in Greeley. Hannah pays her usual fees and tuition to UNC. Her coursework in Germany will count toward her Colorado degree. I just went to the international office at my school, and they had the exchange with the Pedagogische Hochschule. So it's like a one-for-one -one exchange thing. So one of their students from the Peha came to UNC, and I came here. No school. No school I have three lectures that are taught primarily in German, and I do my best in them. I typically understand everything that's going on. My weak point is definitely in my own speaking ability and especially my writing ability. According to Hannah, students can manage even if they haven't studied German. I actually have a friend who also studies at UNC who's in Eichstatt at the moment. And he spoke no German when he came here. He had never been out of the country. He it's definitely had his challenges, but he's really done very well in like figuring it out. And um, he's definitely getting a handle on the language from what I can tell. When he came to visit me, he was able to order food and whatever basic sentences you really need to survive. So I think it's very easy here to be a non-German speaking student and get by. And almost every university, I believe, has some sort of language program that will help non-speakers. And as obviously the world becomes more online, and people use social media more, and you know they watch YouTubers in English and TV and movies in English, it's just kind of like a blending of the languages. What's your sense of the system that allows for essentially free higher education? I am very much in support of a system that moves towards free education. I don't believe that education should be something that you go into years of debt over. They have capitalized on the education market so much in our country. I don't know if free education is necessarily like the solution, but I definitely think it's a step in the right direction, at least to help us get into a better place as a country. As for her social life, she spends time with her derby teammates and an international group of students now considered close friends. It's so cool to know so many people from around the world. I celebrated my 20th birthday back in October with my whole international group. And when it hit midnight and my birthday came, every single person in the group went they sang happy birthday to me in their own language. Like Hannah Schneider, Garrick Widener did an undergraduate study abroad program. But after completing his U.S. degree in psychology, he moved to Germany full-time and got a job teaching English. We met at a Berlin cafe near his classroom. Hi, um, ich hätte gerne einen Espresso. Ja, danke First drawn to Germany as an exchange student with a love for techno, Garrett returned for a boyfriend and a vibrant urban culture. It was a combination of me meeting someone very special and me not wanting to be in the U.S. anymore. Eventually, Garrett realized that his job teaching English didn't really suit him long term. I was completely bored, and so I thought, well, I, I, I 
can go back to university. It's basically free. I applied and they basically told me that I had an American bachelor's degree. That's not equivalent to a German bachelor's degree. In the U.S., we take more of a Jungian approach to education, a little bit of math, a little bit of literature, a little bit of art, science. But in Germany, if you study psychology, you strictly study that one subject for three years. So Garrett started picking up the needed courses and studying German language intensively. I studied every day for th three hours a day for around like nine or ten months. I, I dedicated a lot of time to it. At this point, I'm completely comfortable. I've been giving presentations in German for the last two years now, which is a really big thing here. He's now working on his undergraduate thesis, and the good news? He can write it in English. International language of psychology. Once the thesis is complete, he'll start his master's program at Humboldt, the oldest of Berlin's four universities. For Garrett, Germany is providing an education in more ways than one. I've just struggled with the idea of like working and living in the U.S. as a whole when I wasn't really fully behind a lot of what was going on there or what is going on there. Now um, I feel a, a big sense of peace, <laughs> big sense of uh, satisfaction living here. Hochrenaissance und Barock in der europäischen Malerei des 16. und 17. Jahrhunderts. Which means high renaissance and baroque painting in Europe in the 16th and 17th centuries. Su Jin Shen's undergraduate degree from Brandeis was in language and literature, but she also had an affinity for art. And her choices for a top-notch graduate program came down to an expensive, unaffordable option in the U.S., or a program in Germany. Came to Berlin in to, like early 2015, and I solidified my German here and applied to Humboldt. Like Garrett, she also had to make up some undergraduate coursework, but her master's program is entirely in German, so she also had to demonstrate strong language skills. The most important thing to do was to pass this exam, the test DAF. <laughs> you gotta pass that exam at least. For Su Jin, adjusting to life in Germany has had its challenges. My parents are Korean. Uh, they immigrated to the U.S. and I was born and raised there. I do have a really strong connection with uh, Korea and Korean culture and the language. I speak it with my parents. In Berlin, I haven't really found a community of Koreans that I did have and that I really miss uh, from where I'm from in New Jersey. I do feel extra foreign, if I could say that. I try as hard as I can to really learn the language and be able to communicate, but still there are things that remind me all the time that I'm, I'm a foreigner and that I'm Asian especially. For example, I'm in a choir at Humboldt and I've been in this choir for a year <laughs> and my name on the list has been spelled so incorrectly I couldn't find myself. I've also been confused for another Asian girl in my choir many times. We, I've been there for over, for like almost a year now. They should recognize me. As to her studies, Su Jin gives high grades to the quality both of the U.S. and the German system, but there are significant differences. In America, I feel like your grades are more weighted between several different assignments and finals and midterms, etc. In Germany, your grades depend on one exam. She finds German professors more formal than their U.S. counterparts, and she says the German system requires students to take more responsibility for their own learning. 
As for Germany's no tuition education, she says it's not just helping students. By allowing students to have an affordable education, I feel that they are attracting smart people, uh, creatives as well, to build a society that's better. It's a society she intends to be part of now and in the future. There's no separating me now from my experience in Germany. I love the language. I want to keep using it for the rest of my life. It's really shaped who I am today and what I want to do in the future. Just a few years ago, Alex Truesdale was getting an undergraduate degree at the University of Colorado in Boulder and working at a local cafe. Germany was nowhere on his radar screen, but then... And this girl came in, and she was kind of cute. That girl had just done a study abroad program in Regensburg, and when she and Alex started dating, Germany was high on their list of things to explore together. We had decided to look for internships. The relationship faded, but Alex's attraction to Germany did not. He took a semester off to work in Berlin, take language classes, and develop a network of friends. That's when the magic happens, is when you finally start settling into your own skin in a new place. After returning to the U.S. to finish his undergraduate degree, Alex started looking for a graduate program. It just seemed insane to me if I had the ability to apply to schools where I might be able to A, have a cultural experience, B, here, stay in the place that I like with my friends that I had made here, and C, not pay $30,000 for a two-year grad degree. It would be irresponsible for me not to try to do that. Having a degree program in English was crucial, and the German system was making that possible. My German is getting better, but by no means did I feel confident enough to do an entire degree in this. So I consider myself lucky because IT degrees always tend more toward English because that's the, the industry language. Do you um, try to maintain some kind of connection to the U.S.? A lot of my friends here are much more interested in American politics than I am, which is a, a bizarre feeling. They can tell me everything that I don't know about my own country. Then there's the, the cultural thing is, is interesting because it's ubiquitous. American culture in one way or another is, is everywhere and it's quite strong here and, and that allows you to also self-select which bits of American culture you want to connect to. And in that regard, I have kind of a curated uh, uh, idea of home in my head that may or may not be real of just this collection of like the bands I like or uh, the podcasts I listen to um, and I can decide what I do and don't want to consume which is a luxury. This basically means I get to paint the United States of America in, in whatever colors I choose. Alex's advice for other students? I think the key ingredient is just wanting to do it. With a real commitment, you find the people who can, who can point you in the right direction. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Next stop for Alex, looking for his own flat in his favorite Berlin neighborhood, close to his favorite cafe. And next stop for me, Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich, where I met Robin Eisenreich, head of international admissions at one of Germany's top universities. Most important thing is that our programs are taught in English language. We have 27 English-taught master programs, and this number is increasing. We have a very high number of international and U.S. students. For example, we have a new master program since 2016. It is called Data Science, and in this program we have 90% international students. The second point is that the program is free. 
But exactly why are German universities opening their doors to students from the U.S. and around the world? The labor market has become more and more global and international. We have 2% only unemployed people and many international employees here like Allianz or BMW, Siemens. It's a very important point that uh, we have international people here in the labor market to have the best ideas. Eisenreich estimates that 20 to 30 percent of international students stay in Germany after their studies. That's facilitated by an array of internships and placement programs. More English language degree programs are planned, although not everyone is in favor. The professors, they are here about 10 or 15 years. They have been always teaching their lectures in German language. And uh, when we, the international office, uh, write them letters, please offer your program in English language, they won't do this because they say, oh, we have it always done in German language. So um, it's not For that issue, there's also a plan. Hiring English speakers like geophysics professor Stu Gilder, born and educated in the U.S. and brought on board to work with grad students, even though he spoke no German at the time. It's an international master's program, so by definition it's in English. So when we write grants, we can also write them in English. So you can imagine being in America and having the possibility to write a grant in Spanish or, or Chinese. Here it's, it's, it's accepted. If I was to be a boss and I was to think about somebody who went to a new system and learned a new culture and did it essentially for free or maybe it was expensive to move to that place and, and a big learning curve, but you'll become much stronger for it in the long run. That's something Karsten Zorger confirmed when we met at Deutschland Radio, Deutschlandfunk, where he heads a digital radio initiative. Das Wichtigste heute I first met Mr. Zorger more than 30 years ago when he was a study abroad journalism student in Boulder. It was the most important year in my life. I got an education that I would never been able to get in Germany at that time. In Boulder, Colorado, there was a journalism school with all the different faculty members, TV, radio. This was like a honeypot for me. I could really go where the knowledge was and is. I can seek my talent. I can find my interests. And I can finally, most importantly, learn a system of values and techniques that still are prevalent today for my work. I was seeking a good education. And that's what I got. I still live from that. Whatever I learned, I still use it every day. And that's my takeaway. If you can manage to leave home to study in another country, you probably won't know the future benefits until years or even decades later. But you can be almost certain the experience will help shape your life. I'm Meg Moritz, reporting. Wunderbar Together. You've been listening to The Big Pond, a series of dialogues between Germans and Americans, coming to you from PRX and the Goethe Institute.